You can't show up with all your armor on. You can't say, oh, everything was perfect for me and nothing ever went wrong uh, because it does, right? <laughs> Stuff goes wrong. You fall on your face. You trip on your shoes. Um, you know, things don't work so easily um, all the time. It's difficult to figure out how to do it. And I've released many things that were done and not perfect, right? Um, that kind of feeling is be vulnerable. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with a talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. This episode of the Client Catching Podcast is sponsored by the Think Like a Fish £100,000 Growth Accelerator Mentorship Program. Now, it's designed to help you add £100,000 of new client revenue by implementing my proprietary growth methodology into your business, the Growth Accelerator ecosystem. And it's done so that you can repeat it again and again and grow your business to the next level. And unlike most consulting programs out there, I'm so confident the results that you can get from this that the bulk of your investment is linked to you landing clients and hitting predetermined revenue targets up to £100,000. Now, if you're curious and you want to see how this all works, then register for my on-demand masterclass, the three growth accelerators that can add £100,000 plus of new client revenue to your business in six to 12 months. And you can do that at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash masterclass. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash masterclass. Hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, all of us who start a business, we do so because we've got some kind of vision for what we want our life and our future to look like. But turning those dreams into reality, it's not always as easy as it's sometimes made out to be, especially once we start to hit the inevitable speed bumps along the way. Because depending on where you find your statistics, around 20% of businesses fail in their first year, 30% fail in their second, and 50% fail after five years in business. So what is the difference between those that succeed and those that become just another statistic? Well, that's a big part of what my guest today and I are going to be diving into. That's because not only has she blown past these statistics, she's done it six times. So she knows a a thing or two about what it takes to start, grow and exit a successful business. And she's an award-winning international inspirational public speaker, best-selling author, audiobook producer, as I say, six-times entrepreneur and the creator of the Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel, an active community of entrepreneurs looking to contribute, connect and grow with other entrepreneurs. And on top of this, she's a mother of two and has passed along her passion for business to her son, who she runs one of her business with today. So as a business owner and a dad of two myself, I'm really interested to hear not only about how she's had so much business success, but also how she's transferred this into inspiring her son to do the same. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today on the Client Catching Podcast, Kimberly Hodshield. So Kimberly, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. My pleasure. So glad to be here, Adam. You are amazing. That was great. Uh, I'm really excited to be here with you and your audience. Um, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, we uh, we met and connected actually when you were over in London um, the other, I think it was about a month ago now, wasn't it? When we were at the uh, JVology live event. That's right. And 
is I mean, for those that don't know what the JVology live event, that's all about how you build partnerships and how you um, build a almost a network around your business, but also other businesses to help mutually grow a business. And has, has that been a big part of what you do to build your businesses and how you've had the success you've had? Uh, very true. Um, JVology and the JV Live event that we went to is all about relationships and building relationships. And I, uh, I was in corporate for 17 years, 15 of them, which were good, but a lot of them were uh, in creating relationships with clients and building, uh, building out those relationships. And and that's people, I think. Uh, when they when they buy from people, they buy from people. They don't buy necessarily the only the product. They're looking to have an experience with a person that they really enjoy working with. And JVology really emphasizes that in building relationships, not just with your clients, but also with other business partners who complement what you do. Um, and that could be somebody who has a podcast, which would like to put you on the podcast so that you can get the word out about your business. And in exchange, you can support them in their business and things that they do. So um, just like our relationship got built there, same thing. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is not a, a, a podcast episode to uh, uh, promote uh, Jay himself, who runs uh, JVology. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring this back to you and talk sure. about six businesses, Kimberly. Yeah. How have you done that? With everything else that you've gone, you've had going on, what's what's kept you going really, um, and and driven you to sort of pursue that not just once but six times? Yeah. So um, the story with that is, I I did have um, I have had six businesses that I've started, and that some of them were during times where I was working in corporate, uh, and I had a business on the side. Very many entrepreneurs have a little a side hustle or a side gig or something, and uh, and I had the same uh, something that I was. Uh, creating on the side that that grew and eventually um, for many of those businesses I turned them over and, and sold them at the end of it uh, and one of the things that I learned in doing that is you can't sell a business that's only you you have to have either systems and processes in place that you can sell and get rid of or you have to have people that are running that business that are not you. And that's the secret to being able to properly exit a business. Uh, so I've sold three of them successfully and I'm currently running three of them. So um, while it may sound like I am a schizopreneur, which I very well may be, um, it's not actually six at one time. <laughs> I love I love that term. I've not heard it before, but that is that I'm sure that pretty much accurately describes a lot of people that start businesses because we all have these things in our head, don't we? That we get these great ideas and we will pursue one thing and then we'll sort of see something else over there. We think, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go with that. And all of a sudden, you can have this behemoth of mess in a way that it's just so many great ideas, but not you're not always going to be able to get all of it done. So, how have you been able to find that kind of discipline to pursue some of that stuff, but at the same time, really focus on what's actually going to make the difference in, in actually growing the businesses. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because uh, entrepreneurs may have shiny object syndrome and we all have different personalities. My personality, if you do a disc profile or a lot of different profiles, I am one of the people that would be in the, the big thinker category, right? But not really great at follow-up. And if you know that about yourself, <laughs> And you're going to run a business, then you're going to need to figure out 
what's going to fill in those gaps, right? So I am the one who would be, okay, let's, you know, let's be this, here's another really big, great idea, right? And then uh, as it sort of morphs out, I have to have that packed with other human beings or other systems in place in order to, to be able to maintain it or grow it to the point where it's six figures or seven figures and beyond. Um, and that's, that's probably the the biggest thing is capitalize on your strengths. If you're a big thinker, fantastic. If you're great at follow through, fantastic. Just fill in the gaps with other people who can help you with the other pieces. I'd be interested. Have you have you ever done the Colby profile? Colby, no, no. Uh, I'm, no I've done see. a lot of them. I've done a lot of them. I've I'm an Enneagram. Do you know Enneagram? I'm going to get Enneagram eight with the yeah. seven wing, whatever that means. I'm a driver, yeah. driver personality, and something else, and you know. I've actually, like done, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've actually done yeah. love languages too. I think if you do love languages and you figure out love languages of your clients, you can go far with them too. <laughs> oh, really? That's an Absolutely. interesting one. I've not considered. Yeah, I've not considered even thinking about that. That might be a bit of a weird thing to sort of put in front of a client or maybe. But, well, you, no, would have to do it your, you would have to do it yourself and you can pretty <laughs> much figure those out. Um, so that's very similarly. They have uh, like love language could be words of affirmation. And if your, your client responds very well to, wow, you're really good at what you do I'm really amazed by all you've created that you know adding that to your vocabulary when you talk to them could be really helpful as opposed to somebody who is gifts oriented and you could bring them a coffee every time you come yeah well that's just something I would never have even put you know thought of putting two and two together and thinking oh yeah you could actually apply that in different areas but it just completely makes sense but yeah the Colby one's a, uh, an interesting one as well and, and they talk about quick start and what you've just described is what I came out on um yeah. so uh, yeah go and have a look at it after this because it, <laughs> i guarantee you'll come out as a as a very high quick start um if you from what you told me there so um i'm curious is there is what's been the most surprising thing that you found throughout your entire journey of, of starting and growing and exiting businesses what stood out for you as something that surprised you along the way that's a really good question. And of course, we always run into new things that we're doing that we think, wow, I never would have imagined that. Um, two things. One, uh, done is better than perfect. That's number one. And that's probably my mantra. If you have something that you are thinking might be cool, don't drop everything and focus on that until it's a complete finished product and then release it. Um, release it early often check it out see what people are responding to it try to sell it try to do things you know like try to figure figure things out along the way and figure out their response um and the second one is um sort of the, uh, camping onto that release early and release often now if you if anybody out there has an iphone um you know that every once in a while you have that little thing pop up that says, hey, we have an update, right? Because they didn't get it perfect the last time they rolled it out. So you see the little thing on there and, and you push the button that says, all right, go ahead and update. And your phone's out of commission for 20 minutes. And that, you know, that's cool, whatever. But, um, but then you wait, you know, another two weeks and that little, the little signal pops up and it says your phone needs an update. And the reason that that happens is because Apple didn't get it right the last time or the last time before that. They need to do revisions. Um, so if you wait until you have something completely perfect before you release it, we would never have the iPhone, right? Uh, similarly, in your business, if you wait 
until it's perfect before you release something, before you get it out there in the public and try it out, uh, before you record a video about it, before you do anything about it. Um, you, you are going to have to make changes and adjustments to it anyway, so you might as well get something out there and see how the reaction is to it, and, uh, and, then, um, and then make the adjustments along the way. I mean, if Apple can do it, we can do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because essentially what they're doing is they're, they're stress testing their, their system, right? Bingo. And they're stress testing it with real life people that are actually doing the things that they do in, in, in their everyday life that they will use their phone for. And it's, it's very much the same when it comes to your business, your clients, you can craft this evil scheme in your head as much as you like, you know, for, you know, coming up with these ideas for what is going to work. But until you actually put it in front of someone and actually say, this is what I've got, are you interested? You're never going to know, no matter how well you've planned. I mean, you could do 99% brilliant, but if you don't put it in front of someone, that 1% mm -hmm. is going to completely, completely blow out the water of all the work that you've done up until then. So, Adam, you're totally um, right. There's there. One of my mentors was very famous for say for telling a story about how he sold a hundred copies of a book that he had not written yet. Basically, he was on stage one day and sharing a message about what he had done. And he said, gee, I had to write a book about that. And it was about marketing, social media marketing. And he said, how many of you would actually buy a book if I wrote a book on that? And like the whole audience raised their hands and he said, okay, so what we're going to do is I'm going to sell you guys a copy of it. If you want to buy a copy of it when I get it at the bottom of your order form for something else he was selling, just write $5 for the book and I'll sell you the book for $5. Well, a hundred people bought that book that he had not even written yet. <laughs> so when I say release early and release often and test things and done is better than perfect, if you get it out there and you see what people will respond to first before jumping in with both feet and creating something that's going to cost you 70000 in a prototype, um, I would strongly recommend that you see what the market will bear first. Yeah, because most people do it the other way around. They come up with an idea, and you know, you watch things like Dragons Den or um, Shark Tank. It is in in the uh, in the states over there, and you can see people that have put their life savings into something. And as soon as one of the the dragons or the sharks, they ask the question, "Okay, so how many customers have you got?" And they go, "Well, it, I haven't got any yet. It's just an idea, but look, it's beautiful." And they're like, "I'm it's beautiful." I'm it's beautiful to you, you know, yeah. and it is in your mind, you can see the future of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world were strong visionaries, right? And they had this fabulous idea, but they didn't launch until they got some market testing. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's number one is, or number one mm -hmm. and two is done is better than perfect and release early and release often. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of examples of that. And uh, you know, I'll date this podcast ever so slightly, but I know it's it's Thanksgiving week um, over in the States. But I'm sure there was a lot of people back then that had the idea of um, exploring and voyaging out into other parts of the world, but they didn't do anything about it. But the, the, the founding fathers that did, they, you know, they're, they're the ones that are remembered in history. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I kind of like to uh, use use examples and stories from all sorts of ways just to help illustrate really how okay. things actually work. So one thing that you mentioned there as well, which I think is 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 incredibly important when you were talking about your mentor um, uh, yes. selling the book. Yeah. It's it's that first of all, he was in front of an audience mm -hmm. and, and the, the importance of having an audience. And I know one of the things that you have um, built your business around and, and one of the things you do now is all about um, talking in front of an audience or, 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 or having a platform or uh, speaking from stage. And 
I know a lot of people have hang-ups around that kind of thing. So do you want to sort of, first of all, give a, a, a kind of outline of, of the real benefits, if they aren't obvious, of, of doing that? But also really how, I mean, for someone like me, who's a natural introvert, how how you would go from sort of thinking, I can see the benefits, but how the hell do I get myself through the the head chatter that would stop me doing it? Yeah. Um, wow, that was a fantastically phrased question because it actually camps on the back of, of that. So let me start by uh, throwing out a question to your audience that they can sort of germinate on for a minute while we talk about that. Um, I want to know how would your life change if you could present your product or service or offering in front of 50 people every week? Like what would change in your business if you could present and talk about your product or service in front of 50 people every week? And just while you think about that, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about introverts and extroverts and, and, uh, and getting on stages. So um, I, we talked in the very beginning about how we met, which was at an event that had many, many people at it, right? One of the greatest things you can do for your business is networking. Go to events with many, many people at it. Why? Because if you are only focused on selling one-to-one -one and making individual phone calls or individual meetings with individual people, you can only sell to that one person and the people that they know theoretically, right? But if you're in front of a group that has 50 people in it and you're able to share your message with them, then you're talking to not only potential customers in your audience, but also the customers that they know, their brothers, their mothers, their, their cousins, their best friends that need what you have to offer, even if it's not them. But now you've multiplied that times 50. And on top of that, there will be some people in that audience who also can give you stage time in front of another audience because they have a group of people that you need to speak to. So one of my businesses in a really cool way, um, and this is, this is the one you mentioned, the one that I started with my son, it's an audiobook business uh, where we help authors turn their books into audiobook format, um, which is available in the UK and really all over the world pretty much right now. But when we were building the audiobooks business, I started to get partnerships, relationships with people who were book publishers that had many authors that they knew, right? And so now I was giving webinars and webcasts to their entire group at once where I was saying, you know, hey, if you want to have an audiobook, here's how you do it. And if you want help doing it, we would love to work with you. And that, instead of trying to find individual authors, the, the exponential ability for me to get on the, this other person's stage and have them say, hey, you got to hear Kimberly. She's got this really cool way to get an audiobook out, right? Um, now I've got third-party recommendation and I'm standing in front of a group or lit, either physically or virtually in front of a group of other human beings who are curious now and they trust the person that introduced me and are curious about audiobooks. And now I get to talk to all of them and they know people who have authors know authors, right? So they know people who also want that. And so that's a very successful way to make your time worth 50 times or 100 times or 1,000 times more valuable than having a one-on-one -on -one conversation conversation with an individual potential buyer yeah the, the impact is exponential it's it's not a right one plus one it's exactly. you know, one plus one times a thousand because <laughs> yeah if you think about it yeah i mean it's a way as well it, it 
it kind of there's almost like a a, a tennis sort of back and forth that starts to happen because as uh-huh. you say you were you were at an event you were talking I thought right what Kimberly said is is fantastic I haven't had anyone on the podcast that has spoken about some of the things that she spoke about so I came up we had a conversation now you're here yeah in the process um you're running in a a, a virtual summit in January which yeah. you've kindly invited me to speak on so uh, I'm definitely now going to, you know and then this podcast episode will will last for uh, forever and every single person that comes in and listens to the show and then goes back and listens through all the activities that I do, building the audience and, and all the things that I then do, it's, it, it just snowballs and it goes, it, yeah, it becomes, it becomes something that, um, yeah, for that one investment of, um, and, and you obviously value it because you flew all the way in from San Diego that morning to go and, uh, you know, to do the talk. So that's um, true. That's funny. I actually, normally it wouldn't be like that, but I, I did, I woke up in San Diego and I presented in London that same day. It was very strange. <laughs> I was I was seriously impressed because uh, yeah, as a as a dad of two young kids, I mean, I know what it's like to feel jet lagged every single day, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I could have uh, you know stood up in a uh, yeah and, and done a speech. So um, okay, yeah, it just shows the uh, it shows the value of it. So well, let me let me address the other question that you brought up. If we have time, I'd love to talk about introverts and extroverts. Do you have a few minutes to chat sure. about that? Okay, so um, I I am an extrovert by nature. And I've, you know, I've been in communication, I've been trained in communication, and uh, I, I don't mind, in fact, I enjoy being on stages and giving people information and inspiring them to take action. It's something that sort of fills me up. Um, and, and sharing a message is really important. Um, sharing a message for an, ex- for an introvert is also very important, right? Um, and both of us are equally capable on stage when we're standing on the stage. It, the skills that you need in order to be on a stage and deliver an, a message that converts and turns people into people who are inspired to take action, um, that's a, a, something that can be taught whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you can learn those skills. And it doesn't take much. It's just you need to know how to do it and you need some practice doing it. The difference for me between an introvert and an extrovert is actually after the stage. Because after the stage, an introvert kind of wants to go to a dark room and recover and get their energy back, right? And be like, whew, I made it through. That was awesome. People took action. But now I just need to be alone and process. Whereas an extrovert wants to go to a cast party and talk about how great it was. <laughs> and those are, it's two different things, but the message can resonate exactly the same way. So if you out there are saying, oh, I'm an, I'm an introvert and I couldn't possibly get on stages, you know, rethink that. Think about what stages you can get on and then just expand along the way. Because if you can get in front of 50 people a week and share your message, your business is just definitely going to feel the impact. That yeah and i think there's often a, a a confusion between extrovert shyness um introvert that kind of thing and i am a natural introvert because i i do i like the personal space i like to recharge and all that kind of thing but i actually ironically don't have so much of a challenge getting up and, and and talking in front of a group um i remember on my on my wedding day i'd written this speech out for example and i left it at home so i had to stand up and just talk oh. and <laughs> it was almost like my, my wife at one point had to wrestle the microphone away from me. She's like, stop going on. Oh. Probably because it's the first time in our relationship I got a word in edgeways. But anyway. um, 
hopefully not. <laughs> no, and um, but no, it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? It's it, when you when you understand when you know your stuff and you're passionate about what you do, and mm. you can deliver a message, and that's the thing that shines through. And it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. And if you do have this fear of public speaking, then some of the things you mentioned earlier, you could um, you know, uh, have have partnerships with people and do a webinar, and you're yep. not talking in front of a stage. You've got plenty of prepared documents in front of you you can be as comfortable as you want to be but you're getting your message and that's the beauty of technology today you can do it at scale without actually having to leave your room so there's so many opportunities and i think that yeah there's that whole um fear of public speaking all that kind of thing well yeah i guess you know if you've become a business owner that you've got to kind of get over it um Yep. And it's easy to say and tough to do, but the more you do it, the easier it is. You know, when you come out the other side and you realize that you didn't die doing it. And I mean that literally because there, there's, I don't know if you, your listeners probably already know this, the statistic that says people actually fear public speaking more than they fear death. Like that's a bigger, a higher worry on the, the chart of worries, right? I would, I, I fear out of my, on my list of fears, death is up there, but public speaking is worse, right? So, um, but the, the, the treatment for that is actually just exposure, right? The more you do it, the less the fear is there. And it can start with something as what I would consider simple, but not everybody considers simple, is a Facebook Live. Now that, that has, I have been like, for people who really want to break through, I'll stand right next to them and I'll say, let's do a Facebook Live right now. I'll be right here with you and we'll just get on Facebook Live and we'll do it because done is better than perfect. Let's get you through that first one. Well, like their blood pressure goes up and they're very nervous. And when they're through it, they're like, oh, that was the first one I've ever done. That was incredible. You know? mm. So do something that, um, you know, takes you a little bit out of your box, but you don't have to be on stage in front of 50 people today. You can just um, take it a little piece at a time. Just done mm. is better than perfect. Get something done. Yeah, because none of us learned to, uh, yeah, to do anything by going from zero to 60. Absolutely. Yeah, there was always small steps. And sometimes, I don't know if it's something as, as, as adults, we just think we should be able to pick something up and run with it, or we should just be great, or we've just lost that um, curiosity factor that exists when you went, you know, when we're kids and all that kind of thing. I'm not really sure. So, I mean, that kind of comes on nicely to how you've, um, yeah, sort of taken what you do and you've you transferred that onto um, you know, a, a passion for, for your son who you've started a business with. And, and as I say, I've got two very young daughters, eight months and three and a half, which they're a little bit, I mean, they've got to start earning their keep at some point. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> how this happened. So do you think it was from seeing you as the entrepreneur that, that has inspired him and just sort of seeing the things that you do and, and what happens and the passion that you show is that, do you think that's part of what got him interested in it? Or did you literally go, you haven't got a choice, you're doing this? <laughs> oh, good question. So that's a really good question. And I think as parents, we would all love, to, well, I was the parent of a 15 year old. And I would love to believe that he was like, oh, mom, I want to do what you want to do, what you do. It wasn't exactly that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. What actually, it's a funny story. What happened is he came home and it was, he was 15 and a half and summer was upon us in, in a month or so. And he, we were talking about what he was doing for summer and 15 and a half is a really terrible age to enter summer because you're too young to get a summer job, right? You can't <clears throat> just go scoop ice cream at Baskin Robbins or whatever. You, you're too young. 15 and a half won't do it. You got to be 16, at least in the States. 
So, um, however, he's a tall kid and he was taller than I am. And he said, I'm taller than all the camp counselors. I'm not going back to camp. Right. So I get it. Right. And I said, well, you're never too young or too old to be an entrepreneur. So let's do some Google work and figure out what might be fun for you this summer. And we went into Google and we put in all this stuff and he's a little bit of a mini me. He has uh, great charisma and he loves to be on stages. He's been on in plays and things like that. <clears throat> and as we were Googling, up came this idea to be an audiobook narrator from your house with a, uh, you know, a setup that you put in your own closet at home. And uh, sure enough, we ordered some stuff on Amazon Prime. I love Amazon Prime. Showed up at our door two days later on a Saturday. And we got home late. And he was like, where should we set this up? And I'm like, it's bedtime. And he's like, all right, if I was going to set it up, where should I set this up? <laughs> so we said, all right, Harry Potter style under the stairs in the closet. And sure enough, I woke up the next morning, he'd already set up the entire thing. Uh, we had a full on studio and he'd already auditioned for three books. It was, it was incredible. So, yeah. And, and, and that's an example of everything that you've really sort of spoken about from the start. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Go out there and just get an idea, but then just go and take some action. Go yeah. and do something with it. Don't yeah. just sit on it for a while and then... and. I don't know, maybe it is a little bit easier when you're 15 and a half than when, say, you're, you know, I don't know, 45 and you're thinking about doing this, but you've got all of that risk that's associated True. or that perceived risk and the finances and all the rest of it. Maybe it's a bit easier, but the concepts and, and, and the actual, it's, it's, not, it's not much different because you still have to just put one foot in front of the other, literally speaking, take action, test something, give it a go, get feedback, do more do better and Absolutely. i think it's a great example so one of the things i know that you've got coming up in um 2020 is you're doing a tedx talk aren't you so that oh my gosh into... yes yeah yes i am in may we're gonna do that it's in the las vegas area we're gonna do a tedx talk yeah and has that come around from again uh, your appearances on other people's stages or you know i don't know how they were were you invited i mean how, how's it sort of happened yeah, so, um, well, take action, right? So um, the way that you get on stages is uh, you reach out, you apply. Um, so I was, uh, I was a member of a mastermind group, and the subject came up about TED Talks, and a group of us had uh, communicated around a single idea of change and impact in the world uh, and creating massive positive, positive change. Um, and when we were talking about that, the TEDx Tanaya Paseo was formulating, and it was exactly about that. Um, it was creating a massive positive impact in the world. And so they were looking for applications, and you got to put yourself out there, and it's, uh, you know, it's a scary thing to do, and put yourself out there and apply. You, you give them an example of what you're going to talk about. Um, and then over the course of time, you, uh, you need coaching and you need guidance and, and, um, and you learn the process and then you formulate and better formulate your ideas. And then in May, uh, hopefully it will be done, if not perfect. Yeah. And, and <laughs> is there a difference between how you would approach that kind of talk as opposed to a talk that you're giving about business with the view to generate inquiries or sales or something like that is there a difference in the structure 
Uh, very much so. So a TED Talk is, um, it follows a, a definite structure that you, it needs to be a certain amount of minutes, it needs to follow certain guidelines, it needs to comply with um, the TED regulations, but also with the event regulations, So and it needs to revolve around their uh, theme, as it were. So you may have a, a great talk, but it may have to be adjusted slightly for this particular venue. And then with a TED Talk, there is a lot of coaching and rehearsals that go into play. And uh, it is coming up in May, so I haven't been through all of that, but we got a, a little bit of a taste of what the process is. And it's, it is a very formal process because they want it to be, um, they want it to be something you can't ever take back a TED Talk. Once it's out there, it's out there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you see, it's got to be as good as it can be. And it won't be perfect. And we all realize that. Uh, but it is, we're going to have a lot of help getting there. So, yeah. And so contrast that to how you would do a, a talk. Um, for your business is there a is there a kind of structure that you would suggest following or 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 is it 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 depends on the business it depends on the person but if you're trying to maximize the best you know the most value out of the time that you're delivering that talk that's going to come back to you as as benefit as yes inquiry sales all that kind of thing do you do you have sort of some sort of tips on, on how you would think about structuring that Definitely. That was a really good question. And uh, not a lot of people think about that. Um, The first thing I'd suggest, number one, is you want to, before you get on the stage, you want to think to yourself, what do, at the end of this talk, what, what does I want the audience to feel? And what do I want them to do? Right? How do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do next? And if you go onto the stage thinking that, your the the talk the structure of your talk will go much much more smoothly because you'll be focused and when you're focused the audience feels that it's like you're taking them on a journey which you are a little bit and you're sharing with them some stuff but at the end they should be able to say aha this is where we were going right and they know that because you were thinking that in in the front now maybe it's buy my stuff or maybe it's subscribe or join my Facebook group or maybe it's email me or maybe it's download a freebie or maybe it's a lot of different things it doesn't have to be buy my stuff but you really want to know clear in your head what do I want them to do and how do I want them to feel at the end so that's number one the second thing is when you come on um, you have to build relationship right so you have to be uh, a person that they can understand and relate to. And that doesn't mean changing who you are. It means showing up as real and vulnerable. You can't show up with all your armor on. You can't say, oh, everything was perfect for me and nothing ever went wrong. Uh, because it does, right? <laughs> Stuff goes wrong. You fall on your face, you trip on your shoes. Um, you know, things don't work so easily um, all the time. It's difficult to figure out how to do it. And I've released many things that were done and not perfect, right? Um, that kind of feeling is be vulnerable. Next is make sure that they have value, that they're going to get at the end of the talk, they're going to walk away and go, hmm, that was a tasty tidbit, right? I got something from that. I can walk away, whether I do business with them or not, and have something of value, that I, I, I learned something or I got something or I, I'm, I'm better for having spent that time. And then finally, have your call to action. Tell them what you want them to do. <laughs> and, and I know that sounds obvious, but it's not always. And I've seen some of the best speakers leave a stage with like two sentences about, check out my website, bye. <laughs> Oosh, 
right? That's, I, I mean, okay, it's at least they said something, but it's, you know, you really want them to be able to, to digest what you're asking them to do. Was yeah, that helpful? I think all of that, yeah, absolutely. Because I think, again, sort of coming back to maybe some of the apprehension people about having, uh, doing public speaking and things like that. First of all, the first tip that you gave, which is all about how do you want the audience to feel and what do you want them to um, sort of take away? It's that takes the pressure off you. It's like it's it's focusing on them. And, and that in itself is something that could really sort of take some of the pressure off because it's like I'm focusing on the audience and then having that structure around something. It's like, actually, I don't have to be perfect as long as I sort of follow this process and and focus on the audience, focus on giving them value and, and focus on you know, leaving them with something that is actually going to benefit them. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can trip over your words. Um, you can, you can probably fall off the stage at one point. I don't know. And, and, and they will still be left thinking, yeah, poor bloke. If it was me falling off the stage, you know, I hope he didn't hurt himself, but actually what he said at the end was brilliant. And I was, and, oh yeah. What was that call to action? Let me go and have a look. And yeah, I think there's so much, in that as well in that we don't always sometimes we we don't have that confidence to just ask for what we want and that call to action is making an offer mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes we think that making an offer is like selling and it's maybe a bit wrong whereas making an offer is simply offering the opportunity for somebody to uh, i guess take the next step towards solving a problem that they know they already have or achieving an output or a, a desired result that they want to get to and you're offering your solution to help them get there and i don't think that's the key <laughs> <laughs> good i'm glad i totally agree um and i i like what you said about that takes the pressure off i hadn't actually thought of it that way and now i'm definitely going to steal that and use it in my next talk <laughs> um but it's adam you've hit on something really really powerful when you are focused on what your what you're doing is serving the world right you know what your magic trick is you know what you have to offer the world and you know what the audience is going to get out of it if they go on the journey with you right i don't care if you're selling a diet pill if you have the vision that that person can get back into the genes they were in before pregnancy or whatever it is like that's my vision for you and i want that for you and you're thinking about them you're not thinking about gee i want to pad my my bank account and sell you a bunch of crap that you don't need it's a different approach it's a different it's a different focus right and so a lot of what i teach in public speaking is really is is focus on the audience what's the journey that you're taking them on and have that vision for them and of course you're going to want to get compensated along the way but have the vision like i can see your entire audience on stage in front of 50 people a week. I can see what that would do to their business. I can see how powerful that would be and how much energy that that would add to both them and their audience. And the ripple effect of if I could get your audience on stage in front of 50 people a week and have them get their message out, how that would change the world because now they're impacting people in a positive way. So if I have that vision and it's not really about padding a bank account anywhere, it's really about this is what I want for the world. It, it approaches things differently. I love that. And by the way, I, I, I will say that um, none of my speeches have been perfect. I've given uh, over 4,000 presentations, way more than that. We just sort of added it up and it's more than that, um, which is a, a ton of presentations in some ways. You know what my best presentation ever was? the next one the next one yeah it's it, it, whatever presentation i'm on i'm like 
okay, that was better than the last one. Sometimes it's not better than the last one. But that was in London. It wasn't exactly better. It was just different. Right? I was tired, a little jet lag. We had a lot of fun, but it wasn't perfect. The next one I was like, you know what I'm going to do next time is this. And so every time you give a presentation, you'll feel that way. Like next time I want to add this or that worked really well or that landed with the audience in a way that wasn't what I wanted. So I'm going to change that. And that's the secret to public speaking is just know that you'll never be perfect. You're just going to keep doing it and you're going to get better and better and more effective. And I think it's not maybe just the secret to public speaking, but it, it kind of gives that real glimpse into into your mindset of somebody that has successfully started, exited three businesses, currently running three more. And it's, yeah, it's that kind of, it's a mindset. And it's not just public speaking. It's, it's the same approach with how you approach your business, growing it, innovating within it, doing things differently, trying things, willing to take risks, willing to invest, willing to put yourself outside of a comfort zone. And there isn't really a secret to growing a business, is there? It's do the right things, but do them consistently and have the right mindset and the growth mindset that will allow you to make mistakes, but then learn from them and then try again differently next time. I agree completely. And I'd like to add that you do that consistency piece is difficult sometimes. You know, you you're changing all the time and you're you're on the fly. Um, but consistency is the the fortune is in the follow up, right? You can't have the fortune if you don't follow up and you don't have consistency with the way that you follow up. But if it's not you, if you're not the follow up person, if you're the big thinker, figure out a way to either automate or delegate that to somebody else so it does get done and it's just not you um, because we we all have strengths which we were talking about in the beginning um, and if that's not a strength of yours if, if you're just not gonna follow up you need to fill that hole in with something either a system or a person that's gonna do that for you so and it doesn't okay. all have to be you and the good right. news is if it's not you eventually you can be in the Bahamas and your business can make money anyway because it's not you doing it oh well, I'm booking my ticket already um, <laughs> Is Bahamas where you guys go in London? Where do you go for vacation? We say Bahamas. Uh, I actually, funny enough, I have been to the Bahamas when I was a lot, lot younger. But yeah, um, yeah I... Uh, Turkey, I, I heard I, Turkey was a great place to visit. Is Turkey a great mm, place to visit? Um, I haven't personally been there. Um, ironically, I'm less well-traveled in Europe than I am the rest of the world. I've spent a lot of my youth traveling and... Um, yeah, so I've been a lot of places, but Europe isn't actually, it's on my doorstep, right? So I kind of think, well, it's going to be there, but maybe it's not in a few months. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we don't mention that word on this podcast. We don't mention the B word. So, uh... <laughs> so um, let's finish this like a good um, presentation would be with a, with, with a good call to action. Is there is there anywhere that people should um, find out more about you? Um offer some value what's the best place to do that absolutely i'm glad you asked <laughs> because yes i believe that you practice what you preach right so i uh my sixth business is something called entrepreneurs rocket fuel that's entrepreneurs rocket fuel and it's actually the most powerful place on that you can go to the website but you can also go to the facebook group 
Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel in Facebook is a, a group that is free to belong to. There, there's no charge or anything. And it's actually by entrepreneurs and for entrepreneurs talking about entrepreneurship and the struggles therein. Um, there are people who are who have uh, businesses and they want to know how to do social media marketing. And they connect with other people who are like, hey, I do social media marketing. This is what I offer. Is that something, you know, and it's not just um, it's, it's an, it's a community. And I found that, um, when I was in corporate, I had this huge community around me. I had lawyers and I had the HR department and I had the finance department. I had all these other, these other people. And when I became a solopreneur and I was out on my own, I was like, Oh wait, I don't have any people. Right? <laughs> Where's my community to rely on? And so building this out is this enormous community where people can support each other, going through their struggles, learning new things. Um, I'm always in there on Facebook lives giving new tips to entrepreneurs on what I've done that's been successful sharing uh, stories of other people you Adam are gonna be on there talking about think like a fish um, and and you'll share what worked well for you and those kinds of, of communities that are free to belong to and and support you as an entrepreneur are invaluable and I wanted to be able to create that so it's a very active community called Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel on Facebook and you're welcome to join. We'd love to have you. And that's, yeah, so I'll, I'll put a link to that directly uh, on the show notes that uh, people just click if they are, uh, yeah, otherwise engaged. And um, the other thing that you've got coming up next year, which I know a little bit about, is the virtual summit. Um, yes. That is going to be, uh, remind me the dates, is it the 6th? January 6th through 8th, yep. And we'll six have... through 8th. Yep, we'll have the last two that I did. Um, I had 38 speakers on the first one and 42 speakers on the second one. Um, this one, we're going to try and keep it. Last time I tried to pull it down, it ended up going up because we had some great content and some amazing speakers. And they talk about everything from how to do Facebook ads to um, what you need to do in order to get your mindset in the right place, how to handle productivity. We had one that went gangbusters on on how to use a Trello board to manage your day, which I could, I mean, Trello is not my thing, but it was like, people were wild about that. You know, I'm not a detail thinker, as we said, but the detailed thinkers went crazy for that one. Mm -hmm. um, we have people who talk about how to write a book. Um, I'll talk to you about how to get on stages and how to find stages to get on. I'll talk to you about how to create your 20 word intro, which is a really easy way to be fastly memorable um, and understood in a, a networking group. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff that we're going to talk about on that, and I'd love to have your audience. So that's, awesome. uh, yep, that if you join the Rocket Fuel group, same call to action, you're going to hear all about that in January. <clears throat> and Adam will be on. So if you love yeah. him here, you're going to love him on the web summit as well. We're going to get him to share some really cool stuff about his business too. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll, um, uh, when we get the actual links to um, the registration page and everything, I'll also put those in the show notes. And yeah, come and uh, come and check it out. Um, yeah, you can hear me on the other side of the uh, uh, of the mic, as it were. And uh, yeah, the question's being fired at me, which is sometimes a bit strange. So, <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly, I have massively, massively enjoyed this conversation. It's been so much fun. There's been yeah. so much that we could have spoken about so much that I would like to continue talking about but I have to respect your time obviously and um, just say thank you ever so much for joining me my pleasure it was a joy I uh, I love your style I love your personality and I think you're you and I are gonna uh, create uh, amazing other pieces in the future because there's always something new to create well that's fantastic thank you very much and um, all that's left to say Kimberly happy fishing cheers 
Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.